Welcome to Restless to Renewed, Women Redefining the Silver Years. We hope that women who listen to our podcast will find resonance, encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to fully live this season of life. We certainly think today's program will be an inspiration to those of us starting new ventures at this time in life. Bishop Gloria Watson felt a call to ministry as a young girl and followed that call into being a pastor for much of her adult years. Now, at age 63, she is launching a nonprofit organization called Kid Savers to help tutor young children after school as well as provide enriching programs for the parents and the community. Gloria has encountered many obstacles, but she hasn't let those stand in her way. Here is our conversation with Gloria about pursuing a calling in the silver years. Today on Restless to Renewed, we're speaking with Bishop Gloria Watson. I had the pleasure of meeting Bishop Watson just a couple of months ago, and we had coffee together and we're talking about some other things, and I think we just hit it off. And so right now, I just want to say, um, Gloria, it's good to talk to you again today, and uh, we, though we just recently met, it's been nice to get to know you. And like us, you're a grandmother, a mother, and you're also interested in undertaking new things. So Please tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing now. (laughs) Well, I am from a large family of 11, and I am the 11th child. Um, I have lots of siblings, lots of nieces and nephews that I had to help raise. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, and now I have three children of my own, and I um, am divorced. And I'm 63 years old, and I have eight grandchildren that I love and adore. Did you say eight grandchildren? Yes. Wow. You are blessed. You are blessed. Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit um, about your background as pastoring a church. Let's start with that, how that happened, when that happened, and um, a little bit about maybe even your congregation or congregations. Okay, thank you. Yes, I was called uh, in my calling many years ago when I was a child, actually. But I didn't understand my calling, but I was walking in it. And I couldn't help but minister to everyone that had a problem. When someone told me their problem or if I heard about it, I would minister to them and pray for them. And there was times when people... Uh, will start coming to me and saying, you know what? God answers your prayers. Will you pray for me? And so I did. And so it just kind of spawned from there. And when I became an adult, um, I answered that call into ministry. I told my pastor I'd been walking in a calling and that I was ready to answer it. And so she put me under her wing. She was a woman pastor as well. And she put me under her wing and she taught me things about the church and how it operates and how to run it and things to do and not to do. Uh, Then from there, I went to American Baptist Seminary College. I graduated from there with a minor in social science and a bachelor's in biblical studies and theology. I went from there to David Lipscomb University, 
Mm-hmm. And I have a master's in education with an emphasis in administration and supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, married my husband and we were married for about 13 years. Um, then I just went on with ministry after our divorce. And that's where I am today. I've built many churches, um, trained many pastors. Did a little travel, um, just spreading the word of God wherever I go. Mm. That's a remarkable story. Wow. Um, Oh, you wanted to know how I became a bishop. I was licensed and ordained by, I think, our councilman of our city uh, Mm. as a bishop. And and, uh, my former pastor ordained me to be a pastor. And then from there, I was ordained when I got my own church. Uh, as a bishop, because I traveled and and planted churches everywhere. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, do you currently serve as a pastor? Currently, I am not. After COVID happened, um, I had really never noticed that most of my congregants they were older than me, much older. <laughs> And when COVID happened, a lot of people died. Um, Several people moved away. um, And we've got some in a nursing home. So we're just kind of trying to pick up the pieces after COVID right now. Sure, sure. That has changed the landscape of churches so much, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. So you said you traveled around planting churches. Can you tell us about that a little more? more about what that was like? Yes. Um, Well, a few few times I traveled for other reasons, but when I got to that town, um, the Lord just kind of impressed upon me to go forth there, that there was a need for ministry. And I did. I remember the first church that I planted in Gallatin, where, you know, I'm at today um, in my working in ministry, um, the Lord told me to plant a church there. And I was kind of questioning it. I was like, Lord, I just fell off a turnip truck. Nobody knows me here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just felt like nobody knows my name. So how am I going to build a church? But if God sends you, he'll provide the way. He told me to go start visiting. And I did. I just visited. I just showed up at people's house. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hello. You're brave. Yeah. And one of those instances uh, where I was going out, passing out flyers and inviting people to church and ministering to them. um, My daughter was young and I forgot her age, but she was very wise. She told me, she says, mom, she says, this area right here is not a good area for you to go in because it was infested in drugs and gangs and stuff of that nature. And I said, well, God is with us. I said, come on, let's go in and minister. She said, I'll tell you what, mama, I'll stay here and keep the car warm. <laughs> she said, if I see you running, I know the stomp it. <laughs> <laughs> she's a strong woman and she, but she knows how to balance things <laughs> wow so, yeah that's so sweet so Thank you. yeah so you did grow your church yes and I met one of the ladies that was one of your congregants yes. and that's how you and I met yes yeah and so um it's just been 
interesting to hear about Gloria. She um, has recently, or I guess recently, but last year or so, isn't it? Yes. With, with started a nonprofit. Yes. And you want to talk about that with us too, sure. because that's a pretty brave thing to do to leap into, but you sound <laughs> brave. <laughs> well, I don't know why I don't think about my age. I, I really don't. I don't feel my age. Um, I think I'm 25 mentally. <laughs> I hear that. Until I do something that my body says, no, you're older than that. <laughs> and so I, I figure it out. But I decided to um, try to help out in many different ways in ministry. There's so many uh, facets to ministry. You know, it's not just getting in the pulpit and preaching. There's other ways you can minister to people. And so I wanted to help children, especially uh, primarily because my life was very, um, very difficult. Um, So and then as my children began to grow up, I noticed that their friends, their lives was difficult. And a lot of times the mothers the generational mothers that we have now, they're working two and three jobs and they're single. And so we got what we call lock key kids that go home by themselves and let themselves in and go warm their plate in the microwave and sit there and let the TV be their parent. You understand what I'm saying? And so I just felt that there was such a need and what our after school tutoring does, it does a little bit more than just tutoring and homework. It does uh, family counseling. It try to reach out to the parents and assist them in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invite them to our lectures and things like that, that we have speakers coming in, like from the law enforcement, from the, um, the doctors and nurses uh, clinics. Um, we have them coming in. We have different speakers that have uh, very pertinent information that I feel that our community can be enhanced to receive. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I just um, I just feel the need for that. And so that's why I started it. And what's what's the name of the program? It's called Kid KID Savers mm-hmm. of America Incorporated. All right. Yes. And how long ago did you start that? Oh, I've been started it a long time ago, but I didn't really know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I just jumped out there and said, you know what? Something needs to be done. I'm going to try to do it. So I started it a long time ago. I had no uh, understanding of, of the details, things about business. And I had no one to really uh, show me very much. I did take some business courses in college but not enough to know the intricate details um, because college can't teach you everything. So there's a lot of things I ran into that I needed answers for. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I stopped, quit, started back, stopped, quit, started back. And that's been the, the history of my company. But the last time I started, I said, okay, I'm going to go all the way because I understand what I'm doing now. It mm. took me a, a few years to grow into it. Yes. <laughs> really, because the people that was in my, my circle, they were not business minded either. Yeah. They didn't know what to help me with. And I didn't know where to go. And where I did turn to help 
to get help. A lot of times it's because probably they weren't in my circle or they didn't know me or what have you, but the people did not seem eager to do anything to assist us, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was kind of on my own. And Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you would say a self-made woman (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) And I just kind of kept struggling along until I finally got an understanding of Kid Savers. And now I'm eager to um, make my ripple in the pond. Mm. Well, it sounds like that is a big ripple. And um, so who who kind of helps you with this? Uh, I'm assuming it's more than you to, to make this work. Not right now. It isn't. I am everything right now because we're coming back again after, um, you know, stopping, quitting and all that. So we're just starting back. And, you know, when you start anything, sometimes you're lucky to have two and three people that's in it with you and say, hey, we're going to help you. But the the people that helped me and was working with me, remember, I said after COVID, most of them died. And so I just lost one of my deacons who was with me uh, since the day I moved to uh, Sumner. Um, he died and, um, he, he was with me for 23 years Wow! and he was with me every step of the way. He was our financial support. He was our encourager. He was our coach. He was just everything. Mm. And, um, and then we had another one, he died. So it's just like, they were like in their Mm seventies and they just expired. Mm. So I've been kind of running it on my own for now, mm-hmm. um, but we do have a board and we're getting ready to get them engaged and everything because we're at the start again, you know, the startup again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned to me at one time you were talking about volunteers to come and tutor and you were hoping that, if, I hope I'm right on this, but, but that you were interested in having some senior citizens come in and volunteer. I think that's kind of in line with what we talked with one of our other um, guests about. She's talking about building something in church. It's not a necessarily new program, but combining um, ministry by bringing older adults um, in to work with younger adults and vice versa or younger children. And I saw something this morning um, that I thought was interesting in Australia in a senior citizen's home, they bring in busloads of teenagers and they learn from each other and they're all getting along famously. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I was surprised. So there, there's, this is a new program. So this is opportunity for people in your area to engage and be, um, make some, a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, Gloria, um, I'm kind of wondering, um, was the source of your inspiration um, more like when your kids were young and you saw their friends, or was it more like as a grandparent seeing your grandchildren and their friends? I mean, how did that happen for you? Yeah, it was more my children kind of thing. Um, it wasn't so much as a, a grandmother because my grandkids, um, they're all moved away. And so they're a long, long ways from granny. Uh, we do Zoom calls and stuff like that. And I give them advice, but it's a whole big difference when you don't have contact with them to guide them. So yeah. I just entrust that their parents are guiding them in the right direction because I certainly instilled the right things in them. Yes, um, yes. Um, yes, we it could, was primarily them, my children. Your children. 
Yeah, we could have a whole show on grandparenting from afar. Um, <laughs> uh, my my grandchildren uh, are are far away also, and uh, that that video calling is is uh, saves the day, doesn't it? it does. you know, to be able to see them and hopefully impart some wisdom uh, between the laughing and singing. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, what what can people do um, to learn more about Kid Savers and, um, you know, what you're doing and maybe even how they could be involved or maybe start something like that in their communities? Mm. Well, I feel like you have to be have a motivation, a real motivation within you, you know, for what you're doing. Um, and you have to identify that motivation and and realize it. You know what I'm saying? You got to you got to pursue it as well. You you can't get anything done by sitting down talking about it. You yeah. have to actually put it forth and start walking. Sometimes you don't even know where the heck you're going. You just start walking. And yes. when you start walking, things start unfolding that you didn't see before. Yes. And so yes, that's I, important. I think that's, yeah, very important for people to do if they want to start something, whatever they want to start. And a lot of times they shouldn't depend upon anyone else to, to motivate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you shouldn't be so deterred by what people say and how they act towards what you want to do. Because sometimes people get thrown way off the beaten path of what they're supposed to be doing by listening to what other people say. Well, of course they don't understand it. It wasn't for them to do. It was for you to do. So you're the only one that understands it. You know, that is, that's so wise. Uh, Janice and I are smiling, I think, because um, those are lessons we're learning now, too, like through this podcast and through other things in our lives at at this age, you know, that um, kind of let go of what other people think and what they might say, because, as you said, it's not for them to do. It's for you to do. So, you know, just just take the next step. You know, yeah. and we all look at things from our own perspective and through our own blinders sometimes, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And so if we've had in, um, episodes in our life or situations where we've been deterred from something, sometimes we carry that with us a long time and then love to impart it <laughs> and give our knowledge and, and wisdom to other people when it was really like like you said, it it's for you. It's not for me to decide what's best for you to do. There you go. And if I don't see the vision, I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. But don't impede it. I must say too, a lot of people uh procrastinate doing things because they're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of, hey, if I fall on my face, everybody's gonna say this or say that. Don't be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the world was built. There had to be many tries. I'm sure that nobody did anything on the first try. So first, you don't succeed. You regroup. You think about it. See if there's another direction in which you can come from to Mm -hmm. still accomplish the same thing. 
Yeah. Well, have you had other uh, experiences in your life where, you know, uh, you you didn't uh, succeed on the first try, but you kind of got up and tried again? I mean, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, just ministry in, in general. But, you know, um, especially when our church closed, you know, it was very uh, devastating for me because I was like, wow. I, I said I should have been so so much further than where I am with my ministry. It should have been way further now, but I'm still at the landing uh, mat where I started, where I took off from. So I started thinking about it, and sometimes that is your big, biggest challenge: is to make your mind think right. <laughs> you got to yeah. make your mind know that you're going to think success, not failure. Mm -hmm. Um, so when my mind started trying to show me, well, look where you are and look how long you've been out here and you ain't got nowhere yet. Maybe just maybe those folks who said that you was, shouldn't be a preacher and being a woman and maybe they were right. And I said, devil, you are alive. (laughs) And, um, so Yeah. And so that was a um, my my biggest challenge. But when I began to think right, you know what came to me? It's scripture in the Bible that says when God, when one door is closed, another door is open. Mm-hmm. God will open the door. Sometimes God will close doors to guide us. It's not to say I'm rejecting you. We always want to think the worst. But sometimes closed doors is to guide you where he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And so now I said, well, since my church is closed, I'll go to the public. Yeah. So now I'll go on radio. I'll go on TV. I'll go on Facebook. I'll go on YouTube. And I'll reach more people that way than I ever did behind some church wall. Wow. And um, here you are on our podcast, which is uh, maybe another step um, in the process. But um, yeah, I love that, Gloria. That's that's so encouraging. Um, I think for all of us who, you know, have have a vision, and then the vision seems like it falls flat. But sometimes that's just a, a step along the way of our guidance, as you said, the closed door makes you go to another door and knock and that one may open, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, that when you said fear, um, that is such a, that paralyzes us, you know, and sometimes you don't even know why you're afraid. You just have this feeling of doom. And then I think with, with, in my situation, oftentimes I will have that feeling. And then I start finding reasons why I might have that feeling. And, you know, and, and creating them. Yeah. And so um, when they're maybe non-existent, but it's just, you know, it's like lying in bed at night and thinking of all the bad things that could happen. And then the next morning you go, well, that's ridiculous. So your, um, your tenacity and sticking with it and, and moving forward is uh, really, I'm sure it's blessed a lot of people. And it also is just a, a beacon for people to see. And especially we were talking about on our site, we want to be, uh, we want to share our knowledge with younger women. And so your story does that. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
What age group is Kit Cypress open? Uh, we accept, uh, we work with first grade through fifth grade. Okay. But um, usually they're from anywhere from five years old to 12 years old, mm-hmm. uh, even though that's a little younger and just one or two ages older than than our grades scale. Mm-hmm. But some people start the school early and still be in the first grade. And some people um, may be delayed and be a little older in the in the fifth grade. So that's why we just go a little over and a little under. When you uh, you kind of described what you want Kid Savers to be or, or that it has been. Um, could you say what your vision or what your dream for Kid Savers is? It's primarily just very simple. I just want to um, make an impact, a positive impact in the lives of the children and their families. Uh, That's what makes us unique, different from all other um, after-school tutoring. We reach out to the family. We give them incentives to come to our meetings. and, And because if you make the child well, and send the child back into a sick home, then what have you really accomplished? Mm-hmm. So we go after the entire family setting to try to make the entire family whole. And so it's kind of a holistic vision, you yes. know, not just taking care of kids for a few hours after school, but what can we do to heal uh, the community? So. And is this a, uh, uh, it's a nonprofit, but I'm just wondering, is there any charge to the families or children? Yes, there is a, a one-time application fee annually. Um, it's uh, $125. However, for the families who cannot afford to pay $125 uh, when they put their application in, then they can get theirs, their fee waived. They can get it for free. Um um, through our sponsorship program. Mm-hmm. And what our sponsorship program does is that family says, okay, we can't afford to pay for our child to come to the program. And so I'll ask that family, can you give me five to 10 references of people in your family, some kin to you, friends, coworkers, whoever, that would like to sponsor your child in our program. Mm. And our case manager will call them and get their donation to help sponsor their child for the year. Nice. So what about how are how are the local schools reacting to this and how how are you connecting with them? Okay. Well, you want the truth? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. We want it all. Well, Well I, I was very disappointed in the local school. Um, I called to try to see if I could get some support to um, assist in, in the school genre. Um, and that was not uh, something that I was able to get accomplished. I, and it, it was very disappointing because this is the very uh, community that I'm trying to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't you um, welcome in anybody that's trying to contribute? to uh, helping the community and and the children that you serve. Mm 
So I didn't get the kind of responses that I anticipated. I didn't get uh, the support through the school systems. Um, if anything, I got discouragement because um, they told me they already had tutors and they didn't need any more. Wow. And so I was I was very disappointed because my my uh, program is not just an after school program. It's so much more. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you how did you face that challenge? And that's kind of an obstacle, if you will. Yeah. Uh, or how I, are you? Maybe you're in process. <laughs> well, I prayed and I said, well, Lord, I know that I want to do this to help people. Show me how to do it. I I can't see around the school. I mean, how do I get around this obstacle? The door just shut in my face. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, well, he said, go in a different direction. And I said, what do you mean? He said, there's nothing wrong with you going and passing out the flyers. You don't have to have the school to send them home. You can go pass them out as many as you can. Go to word of mouth, go to churches, go to community centers. And I said, you know what, Lord, you got a point there. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have um, a page dedicated to you on our website with information about Kids Savers and how um, they can either contact you or or if they wanted somebody wants to donate to Kids Savers. Yeah. 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 And also um, picture of Gloria, one or two pictures of her and so forth so that you all can be um, familiar with her. But um, is there anything else you want to tell us about, um, that you're involved in right now or is, is well, I, I, I feel like the sky's the limit. Everything I want to do, I want to do it because I don't have but one life to live. So uh, I plan to get kid savers, um, hire the staff I need to run that. Uh, I don't plan to run it myself. I plan to have someone to run it for me and I oversee the operation because I have a lot of other things I want to get my little fingers into. Oh yeah. And so I'm writing we want to hear. I'm presently writing a book on my life. It's a very tragic book, very sad book. I'm ashamed to put my name on it, so I'm going in an alias. <laughs> and uh because, you know, it could it could impact other people's lives. So sure. I'll go into an alias uh mm-hmm. and I'm I'm almost done with that book. It's a very big book and um then I plan to write other books. <clears throat> and I like fashion. I've been drawing and um, making fashion. I, I'm, I love clothes, as you can see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, outfit, by the way. <laughs> and so I love um, those kinds of things. And I, I just plan to do a lot of other stuff. I have a passion for homeless people. I'll cry if you start asking me anything about homeless people. I will literally cry. I can't stand it. I plan to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And Kid Savers is just my first launching pad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about the the problem of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already have a plan and I'm I'm planning to launch it. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, Gloria, I'll have to say that you have really inspired us today. 
about, you know, talking about things that we can do and that we're still vital and that our work is still important, that we are still uh, getting visions and dreaming dreams about what we can do in the world. And uh, it doesn't sound like the problems you're looking at are small. They look like they're big. And I, I, I love how you've set out that vision today. And I think our audience will be inspired by you as well. And who knows, we might have to have you back talking about your next thing. And I definitely want to read your book. So <laughs> I hope uh, someday it will be uh, out in the public uh, for others to read and be inspired by other people who've had uh, hard lives as well. So I just want to thank you for your time today and um, for for taking the time to um, talk to us and our listeners. Thank you. One of the things I, the listeners cannot see Gloria right now, but as she was talking about the challenges she's getting ready to face, which I'm sure there will be, you know, with doing the launches you want to um, do, she was smiling and a big smile. And I think that's that attitude is so important to important people because if you're if you if you launch or an idea and you begin with, I hope I can do this, I don't know, but I'm gonna try. I've done that many times. That's why I'm saying it. But you were just saying, I am going to do this, and you said it with a big smile on your face. So <laughs> I love it. I love it too. I, I love feel it like too. whatever you want to do, do it. You know, like I said, we have one life to live. Do all you can do. Be all you can be. Accomplish all you can accomplish. Life is what you make it. We can't sit around and say, I want my life to be better. You got to do something. And when you're giving up yourself to make other lives better, yours will be better. Mm. Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. Amen and amen. Yes. Well, once more, we've come to the end of our time together. And we want to thank you again, Gloria, for allowing us to talk with you today. Pleasure. We wish you all the best with Kid thank Savers and, and all of your endeavors in the future. Uh, to our audience, please join us as often as possible and learn more about our guests and other amazing women on our website, restlesstorenewed.com. If you're interested in speaking with Robin or myself, you can contact us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram. You're welcome to make episode suggestions, inquire about spiritual direction or life coaching, or just say hello to us. So let's say goodbye, Gloria. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.